Worth. Let us pray. Keep safe, O Lord, we pray, those whom you have saved by your kindness, that redeemed by the passion of your Son, they may rejoice in his resurrection, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks be to Join our regularly scheduled program, Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, already in progress. Sunday. 
So that's the show on a Friday morning, and it's Catholic Connection, co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Doug Keck, Fact Check Friday, and Father Bart coming up on a Friday morning. Do want to let you know about the weather. There are some really bad conditions for wildfires. We'll have a news story on that as well. But again, the winds are going to cause some real, real problems, especially in the area of Arizona, which is making headlines, continues to make headlines today. So here's what the National Weather Service is saying, what we're looking at. High winds, prolonged drought, and dry thunderstorms contributing to extremely critical fire weather along the Colorado Front Range into central New Mexico today. Another round of blizzard conditions with heavy snow, strong winds, and freezing rain impacting travel across the northern plains, and that will take place until Sunday. And severe storms are expected across the Great Plains into this evening. Right now, four minutes past the hour, we do have a lot of news to get through, as we always do every single day. So let's get to that right now and let you know what's happening on a Friday morning. It's April 22nd, 2022. Well, Ukrainian authorities say they have evidence of mass graves outside the major besieged port city of Mariupol, where Russia is now claiming to be in control. This may be just a small taste of the horrors that have been committed inside Mariupol. Russian officials are not yet commenting on this alleged discovery. That's reporter Raf Sanchez saying that satellite photos appear to show at least 200 new graves. Russian soldiers reportedly been taking bodies of people killed in the area to the site. Around 100,000 civilians, meanwhile, are estimated to still be inside the devastated city. On Palm Sunday, the Pope had called for an Easter truce to achieve peace, saying, put the weapons down, let an Easter truce begin, but not to rearm and resume combat, but a truce to reach peace through real negotiations, open to some sacrifices for the good of the people. And now, as Christopher Wells tells us at the Vatican, the Pope and the Holy See are officially welcoming the UN's request for a ceasefire on the occasion of the celebration of Easter in the Orthodox Church. Nothing is impossible for God, says a Vatican communique, stating that the Holy See and the Pope have joined the UN appeal for a truce in Ukraine in view of the April 24th celebration of Easter according to the Julian calendar. The request has been promoted by the Secretary General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, in agreement with his Beatitudes, Vyacheslav Shevchuk, the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. It was launched on April 19th. Easter is a season for renewal, resurrection, and hope, Guterres said, adding it is a time for reflection on the meaning of suffering, sacrifice, death, and rebirth. It is meant to be a moment of unity. Speaking with journalists in front of the U.N. headquarters in New York on Tuesday, the U.N. chief then made his appeal for an Easter truce. The latest shipment, meanwhile, of U.S. weaponry to Ukraine is meant for the emerging battlefield in the eastern Donbass region. Uh, this commitment, together with the 18 howitzers that were announced on the 13th of April, provide enough artillery now to equip five battalions for potential use in the Donbass. So says a Pentagon spokesperson, John Kirby, noting the goal is to help keep Ukraine whole and sovereign in the ongoing war with Russia. He's reiterating that weapons to Ukraine are coming from existing U.S. military stockpiles, saying the Pentagon is not about to leave the American military shorthanded. The Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, partnering with the Creative Alliance for a concert to benefit Ukraine, these concert goers saying the situation in Ukraine is heartbreaking and they want to do what they can to help. 
We're here to raise money for the International Rescue Committee and help get people out of the Ukraine and settled safely. It breaks my heart to see those children and see them bombing schools. How can they do that? It's just beyond me. Around 1,100 people turning out for last night's concert with the proceeds going to the International Rescue Committee. The concert paying homage to Ukrainian culture and conductor Jonathan Hayward. He read the Ukrainian national anthem before the orchestra played. It's estimated the concert bringing in about $40,000 to help get people out of Ukraine. In other news, this morning a judge blocking Kentucky's 15-week abortion ban days after it began. The law also requiring women to see a doctor before receiving abortion medication. The state's two abortion clinics had stopped operations but now say they will perform abortions again. The governor vetoing the measure, but lawmakers voted to override that veto last week. Evangelical Pastor Franklin Graham is identifying the most important elected official in the country. He told Fox News Digital this week, it's the school board member. He said educators have taken God out of the schools. The son of legendary evangelist Billy Graham saying the country is not better for removing God from schools and from politics. As we mentioned earlier, issues with wildfires in several parts of the country, crews struggling to contain a growing wildfire burning in northern Arizona, bracing for what they say could be explosive fire conditions today. National Forest officials expecting what they call a widespread and extreme and catastrophic weather event in the form of powerful winds driving the tunnel fire. That fire began Monday and has now scorched more than 20,000 acres as it burns out of control near Flagstaff, a college and a recreation community about 140 miles north of Phoenix. It's destroyed so far at least 30 homes, forcing some 2,000 people to evacuate. Meanwhile, Colorado Springs firefighters are hoping folks will sign up to learn about potential wildfire evacuations. Spokesperson Sonny Smeldino says their peak alert system is making sure folks in impacted counties receive texts about evacuations. What we don't want you to do is disable that feature on your phone. We want you to get as much warning as possible so that you do stay safe. Fire officials adding they've made sure the peak alerts systems, as it's called, is as user-friendly as possible. Matt Madison tells us if you're looking to buy a home, well, a mortgage is only getting more expensive, not less. Freddie Mac says the 30-year fixed mortgage rate was at an average of 5.11% for the week that ended Thursday. It hasn't been that high in 12 years. It's the seventh week in a row that the rate has gone up to only add to the pain for home buyers. The average price of an existing home is at an all-time high. The National Association of Realtors says it hit $375,300 in March. That's a 15% jump from the previous year. The CDC's independent vaccine expert panel hesitant to give the thumbs up on a fourth COVID booster for the public until a clear strategy is in place. The committee meeting this week to plan ahead for an autumn surge that they're predicting. Some say a booster every four to six months is not a realistic public health goal. One member, Dr. Sarah Long, said we need to focus on preventing hospitalizations instead of hoping vaccines can prevent infections. Brian Shook tells us Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis is not happy with the Justice Department's decision to appeal a court ruling striking down the federal mask mandate on mass transit. 
Speaking in the state's panhandle Thursday, the Republican said there should be no mandates, period. DeSantis singled out the airline mandate, saying it's one of the most cruel, adding because of air filtration systems, you just don't have outbreaks on planes. The governor again called the mandates COVID theater and said the federal government is trying to prolong the misery that flight attendants have had to deal with. San Francisco police say officers were sent to the airport after former heavyweight boxing champ Mike Tyson repeatedly punched an unruly passenger on a plane in an incident that was captured in a now viral video. This is classic for what we see on the plane when we are not able to get to an event. Sometimes we just can't get there fast enough and it escalates so quickly that it gets way, way out of hand. That's Sarah Nelson, president of the Association of Flight Attendants. Two people detained um, Wednesday and later released, but their identities were not released. One was treated for non-life-threatening injuries, refusing to cooperate with police. Mark Mayfield tells us CNN Plus is a minus now. It will be shutting down at the end of the month. That's less than a month after the new streaming service was launched with great fanfare. Warner Brothers Discovery recently purchased CNN and made the move. CNN invested hundreds of millions of dollars in the new streaming service. The company also lured Casey Hunt away from NBC News and Chris Wallace away from Fox. Hundreds of CNN Plus staffers were informed about the shutdown before the company confirmed the move on Twitter. A new study finding highway and interstate message boards with slogans against distracted driving may actually increase accident numbers. The University of Minnesota partnering with the University of Toronto to study the effect of crash death totals and clever messages against distracted driving on roads. The two universities using Texas accident numbers where the messages are only displayed one day each week. Findings from the study suggesting the messages cause an additional 2,600 crashes and at least 16 deaths in the state every year. And a California homeowner is shocked after finding not one, not two, not three, not four, but five bears living under their home. Ann Bryant, who's executive director of the Bear League, says, well, you know, in their area, it's actually quite typical. It sounds outlandish and like it, it just can't, can't be real, but we have about 100 to 150 bears every winter here at Tahoe, somewhere around the basin, that hibernate under houses. The bears all picked that spot to hibernate for the winter. At one point a few months ago, the homeowner and other residents in the area say they heard a low rumbling coming from beneath the floorboards, thinking it sounded like snoring, but never checked it out. And earlier this week, the mama bear woke up. She started making scratching noises in the crawl space under the house. Then her four one-year-old cubs followed her out. Officials at the Bear League believe the family was under that house for about four months. 14 minutes past the hour. It's a Friday morning, April 22nd, 2022. It's Divine Mercy Weekend. Al had a great teaching on that yesterday on Crest in the Afternoon. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, you can check it out in our archive section at AveMariaRadio.net and EWTN. Great coverage of this very, very important weekend on the church calendar. Doug Keck is up next, our President and Chief Operating Officer, filling us in with the inside words. You get the scoop before everything happens. We'll be right back. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Now is a great time to learn about CMF Curo as a pro-life Catholic health care option for your family. You can join anytime throughout the year. Plus, you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your health, spirit, mind, and body. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. 
People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. He was a doctor of the church and one of the most famous saints of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Augustine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, but he balanced his genius with humility. Once declared it was pride that changed angels into devils, it is humility that makes men as angels. He died in 461. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This is a very busy time of year for EWTN, being in the Easter season and all the beautiful coverage last weekend, Holy Week and the Way of the Cross, which, of course, I watched the whole thing from beginning to end. Then the uh, celebration earlier this week, Giving Day, it was extended to Thursday and then marking what would have been Mother Angelica's 99th birthday. Wow, Doug, quite a busy week. Good morning. Uh Absolutely, and you know, honoring our uh, Mother Angelica on what would have been her 99th birthday, of course, uh, um, something very important to all of us at EWTN who, who know how much this was God giving Mother Angelica personally her mission mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, we are all uh, travelers along the path and doing the best we can, hopefully. Uh, and then we pray that Mother's smiling on us in what we're doing. And as long as we continue to do that, hopefully God will bless us and the people out there will find something uh, grace-filled on the network and continue to support us. Uh, And of course, speaking of grace and mercy, we've got, as you uh, talked about, this is uh, a big weekend. Uh, Mm -hmm. We uh, invite people to dive into an ocean of mercy all weekend long. Uh, Tomorrow, we've got the Way of Divine Mercy Devotion. Now, this is live on the Feast of Divine Mercy, and it's coming from the Basilica of Divine Mercy in Krakow, Poland. So uh, check that out. And uh, we've also got Love and Mercy. Uh, this is the Faustina movie, uh, so check that out as well. That's going to be on at 8 p.m. tomorrow, and the uh, other event is in the afternoon at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. That's the Way of Divine Mercy Devotion. Also, uh, our typical programming, Divine Mercy Celebration, from uh, not only coming from Stockbridge, of course, in the afternoon at noontime, but we've got uh, a special event as well coming from Vilnius in Lithuania because there's really two great shrines having to do with Divine Mercy, the one in Krakow and the one in Vilnius in Lithuania. So that's going to be on on Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Then again, as I mentioned, the preview show, the Mass for Divine Mercy, begins at 9. We have a wonderful event every year. Um, uh, with Divine Mercy Holy Hour from mm-hmm. Hansville coming to you live uh, featuring uh, the sisters at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. That's a tradition and great in honor of Mother Angelica. And we've got the Holy Mass of Divine Mercy Sunday as well. 
at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, which is coming from Rome, so people can check that out. And then as we roll into next week, we've got a special uh, series of programs, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 10.30 a.m., Mother's Classics, but each one having to do with Divine Mercy. Okay, one on Mercy, Works of Mercy, and God's Mercy, featuring the one and only Mother Angelica next week. And we've got some other programs, including a, a special documentary on a missionary, uh, a woman who, a lay woman who is up for beatification named Pauline Jericot, uh, who did some remarkable work. And uh, so check out EW10.com for all the upcoming programming and schedules and Divine Mercy. And remember, so much of this will be available for your viewing pleasure on demand anytime right. you'd like to watch. And check out our YouTube channel as well. Well, you know, one of my favorite events to watch, and it was so great to see people. And it was packed uh, for the uh, uh, Via Crucis, the way, the way of the Cross at the Coliseum. It was packed. That is that is probably the the, the most powerfully presented, yeah. uh, you know, emotionally connected event, obviously, because of the, you know, the passion of our Lord and, and the carrying of the cross, but, uh, you know, and the solemnity that's involved with it. But the imagery, they do really do a fantastic job of presenting that. Now, I know you basically, we would say this in the language, what would tap into it, and it's probably most likely mm -hmm. a pool feed, correct? Yes. I mean, that they're allowing. So right. the Vatican is then doing all the camera angles and whatnot? Right. Usually with those kinds of things, it, uh, many times it's RAI, the uh, Italian okay. um, mm -hmm. you know, national television. We don't quite have that here. Uh, they're becoming that, but they're actually independent. But in many other countries you have, like with RAI, a national broadcaster, um, though they have others now, but they're still there. And usually, traditionally, they will come in and do the major parts of any of these kind of giant events from Rome. Obviously, CTV has expanded over the years and certainly does the d daily events, right. uh, you know, that you see coming out through CNA or th from our Vatican office, along with our own guys covering these things. But anytime they go to a, a larger event, I'm pretty sure they pretty well, uh, you know, go to outside sources and RAI would be one of those who would participate, certainly in these events, which are pretty much considered national events for Italy. It was just, it's just so beautiful. And it's just someone coming from our, you know, TV background, looking at all the different angles, the shots of the Holy Father mixed in with the close-ups of the families that were involved in carrying the right. cross. And then they would go to the flames on the cross. Then they go to the audience and, and the people. And everyone seems so very peaceful and really, really into the moment. And I think the, the advantage of one of the reasons why you need to support EW10 so much is because broadcasting those types of moments let's say somebody and you and you know this you have testimonies we all do people just right. going through the dial whether it's on radio or tv mm -hmm. and seeing or hearing something and they're, they're captivated by it absolutely that's so much of what we're doing i mean i always remember mother angelica saying our our, our job is to soak the earth with the truth of christ mm. uh but we can't convert anybody you know that's up to god and uh our job is to be there as you know teresa is to be everywhere we can be with the gospel with the truth of the catholic church so when you as a person happenstance upon some particular channel or some place there's an opportunity because we've made the effort to be there for that person to be impacted. Do you remember, the, I'm sure you do, but one of the most powerful stories I heard Mother share, uh, and, and it's been replayed, it's a woman who was very upset. She was challenged in her life. I think she was dealing with a lot of drug abuse and addiction mm -hmm. because of abuse as a child, and her mother abandoned her. Mm -hmm. And she just happened to tune into EWTN watching Mother Angelica live, and she called into the show, and Mother said, I'll be your mother now. 
You remember absolutely. that story? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like you said, there's so many stories. The stories of people who uh, you know were watching in a hotel and couldn't get the channel to be changed off of EWTN. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I love those you know, stories. you get some of those. You know things like that or the person who talked about the fact that you know if i'm ever going to believe watching any of this stuff i'd have to like fall off the bed and they fell off the bed you know so i mean so you you i mean those are the rare occurrences that are there to push us a little bit towards that faith of thinking wow it, it, this is really could be real uh it's not just my personal experience going on there but that's the idea you know how many people have tuned in uh, driving the you know going through the dials you know or clicking buttons and suddenly hear somebody talking mother talking you talking al talking about divine mercy right. whatever it happens to be father spitzer talking about faith and reason um you know that kind of thing, uh, you know, where you never know who you're going to reach. I remember Father Benedict Groeschel used to said, you'll never know how much good EWTN has done in people's lives globally until you get to the other side. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why, and, and we sound like, and you and I are old enough to remember records, but a broken record. That's why you need to support. And I, I always still have say, all my records they're exactly right, forty five right? and everything. They're all coming yeah. back. Yeah, that's it's it's now the hip, cool thing. Right, you know, everything vinyl, old is vinyl's new again. in. Right, but if you you think about what we do, and this is what I tell people: if if you don't consider yourself an evangelist, we're all called to evangelize in different ways. But one of the best way, things to do is to support your local radio right. affiliate and to support EW Ten because we're working together. Right, absolutely, and there's many ways to do that. There are people who have the financial wherewithal to to be big supporters. There's people who only have those dollars, those two dollars, those five dollars. All of that helps. Every little bit you can do, and and so many people are prayer warriors. So many people, you know, don't have that ability. And they say, "Well, what can I do?" You can pray. That's what the sisters do. The sisters mm -hmm. are praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament. That's the power house. Right. That's the power source. Um, you know, of what goes on at EWTN. We couldn't do the other things if we didn't have the financial prayer. support. Right. But we wouldn't be getting the financial Without support the if we didn't have the sisters praying for people out there to be enlightened enough to see that this is something not only as a gift that's given to them, and this is, to me, always so important, it's our obligation, if we've been given this gift, not to bury it like exactly. the talents guy. Right. You know, our job is to go out and multiply that. That's why and, you were given uh, it. Yeah, and no, you don't hide your light under a bushel. Amen. Right. Thanks, Absolutely. Doug, and have a great always, weekend. Thanks friend. for all the great coverage. Really enjoyed it, especially during Holy Week and last weekend. Doug Keck is our president and chief would you like to support a wonderful Catholic school here in North Texas doing great things to bless students who are in unique and challenging situations in life? Hi, this is Dave Palmer, and I am very excited to be the MC for the 25th annual Noche de Gracias Night of Thanks benefiting Casada High School in Fort Worth. The event will be the evening of Tuesday, April 26th at Joe T. Garcia's Restaurant in Fort Worth. To purchase your tickets or to learn more about Noche de Gracias, visit CasadaHS.org and click on the Make a Difference tab. Sherry Van Branken, a longtime area Catholic, invites you to visit her website, CatholicPaperGoods.com, where you are able to download Catholic greeting cards, coloring pages, educational activities for your family or homeschool, art prints, and more. You can also find items such as ordination cards, sacrament invitations, and many items featuring saints of the Catholic Church. They're all able to be downloaded and printed from your home or other printing service. The website is CatholicPaperGoods.com for Catholic items for your own domestic church. CatholicPaperGoods.com 
Hi, this is Dave Palmer with a reminder to download the Guadalupe Radio Network app on your smartphone. It's very simple to do, and once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to a crystal clear signal of this station, KTH 910 AM, 24 hours a day, anywhere you are. If you have any questions about our app or need help setting it up on your phone, contact me through email, davepalmer at grnonline.com. Are you a small company needing IT help? Is your computer running slow? Do you need help securing your network? Do you want the peace of mind knowing your computers are running optimally and securely? I'm Charles Gura, a parishioner at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Kelton and a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. We can be reached at 214-702-6996 or online at pro-multis.com, P-R-O-M-U-L-T-I-S.com. We use our talents to help with your technology so you can use your talents to run your business access to heaven. We are totally dependent on the merits gained for us by the one who went before us. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Twenty-eight minutes past the hour. Happy Friday in the octave of Easter, April twenty-second, two thousand and twenty-two. As Doug Heck said, beautiful programming coming up this weekend all about Divine Mercy Sunday and then some from various locations around the country and the world. Also, don't forget, we've got the Catholic View for Women, which uh, uh, because of other programming won't be on Sunday night, but will appear in its uh, normal time at 5.30 Eastern Time on Monday morning. And if you'd like to pre-record it, of course, something that you can do, set your uh, DVR and check out the website, thecatholicviewforwomen.com. We're going to be talking about difficult relationships and how to get over some of those relationships that may have affected women, especially feeling as if they are not a daughter of the king, when of course they are daughters of the king. So that's coming up in the next edition of the Catholic View for Women. And again, the website is a catholicviewforwomen.com. You can also find more information at ewtn.com. And then coming up after we do two cents, not two cents, excuse me, that's my local segment. This is Fact Check Friday. But in the last segment of today's show, looking forward to chatting with Father Bart, a personal friend of Father Stu. Father Stuart Long, the movie came out last week. Father Stu, starring Mark Wahlberg, whom we interviewed last Monday. We'll have a short clip of that interview as well as we get into the interview with Father Bart coming up after our segment, which we're doing right now on Fact Check Friday, which, for those of you who are not familiar with it, is something I started way back in 2020, so almost two years ago now, during the election, especially leading up to the election in really started this, I think, in the summer, August, September, and then moving into the election cycle in November of 2020 because of so much negativity and so much misinformation inside and outside the church regarding, well, regarding facts and fake news versus real news and how do we discern and what does an overabundance of sitting in front of the TV or the computer and consuming news or consuming information in general, what it does to us. And I'm also right now in the process of preparing and researching for a new book that I'm writing on the media, sort of a a follow-up to my very first book, which was entitled Noise, which came out, I think, in 2007, wow, 15 years ago. And that was all about media, and I broke it down into different subject matters. But there's been so much happening in our culture, in the media, that I said, even though I had an updated version of that book in 2012, I needed to do another book, but even expanding it, 
with more of it on what the Catholic Church gives us, especially about media usage. And it's it's so phenomenal, and this is what I love about being Catholic. Any issue that we're facing in the world, especially with the culture, the Church has talked about it, because the Church is the fullness of truth revealed to us from God, handed down over the centuries through the succession of the popes and the apostles, the bishops, the saints, this, this, this deposit of faith that we have. And there's so much on the media. And we're also going to be talking about this in detail next week with Father Charles Fox, who is with Sacred Heart Major Seminary and a prominent writer on all things culture, especially the use of words. I'm going to be breaking down, and I think we've uh, summarized it into two shows. We're looking at the problem of division in the church, and a lot of it caused by very bad media sources and people not taking the time to do what they need to do to think and discern properly about the sources that they're consuming and then jumping to all kinds of conclusions and believing without even questioning believing what these sources some of whom identify as Catholic but are causing great division in the church and just jumping to conclusion and believing everything that they read on these particular sites now a lot of it has to do with what people consume also in the secular media world but Father Charlie and I are going to break this down. He gave a fantastic talk at a conference that was all about division in the church. And that conference was co-sponsored by Ave Maria Radio, Father Gabriel Richard High School in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Fantastic, solid, Orthodox high school. And Emmaus Health, a wonderful organization, medical organization in southeastern Michigan. Bringing together top speakers, including Father Charlie, Al Cresta, and others, and the keynote of the day, was Father John Mercado. Now, we're not going to be playing their talks in their entirety, but I will be bringing in clips of the talks, and then we'll have commentary with Father Charlie Fox and Father John Mercado, and we'll hear from one of the theology professors and one of our new hosts at Ave Maria, and that's Marcus Peter, and we'll also be talking to the principal of the high school, and we'll even be hearing from some of the students. So this all took place Palm Sunday weekend, and it was a fantastic conference all about division, and the title was united we or divided we fail okay so a lot of it has to do with what we're seeing and hearing and consuming in the culture and the church knows all about this all the way back to vatican ii and the decree on the media of social communications intermerifica have you ever read this or even glossed over it glanced over it I would suggest, given the amount of media that we all consume and given what's happening in the culture, that you revisit these documents because they're so important. Another document I want to recommend again today to meditate upon would be Rapid Development. And that was written and released by John Paul II. It was an apostolic letter released shortly before he died in 2005. And in one segment, he talks about the importance of communicating with the power of the Holy Spirit. The great challenge of our time for believers and for all people of goodwill is that of maintaining truthful and free communication, which will help consolidate progress in the world. Everyone should know how to foster an attentive discernment and constant vigilance, developing a healthy critical capacity regarding the persuasive force of the communications media. Unfortunately, I don't see that among a lot of fellow Christians, Catholic and Protestant, when they are consuming various media outlets. I can't tell you how many times I get an email from someone or a phone call, a message through the radio station, 
why did the church do this? Why did the Pope do this? Why did you or E.W. Tanner, this person, do this or not do this? As opposed to, could you clarify, I'm reading this, it seems out of sorts, it seems odd, it doesn't seem to quite sit well with me, I'm not sure if it's real. I'm having problems discerning this. Can you share? What do you know about this? No, it's automatically accusatory, alarmist, and making all kinds of assumptions about someone in the church, or maybe someone out there in the secular world. But based on a false narrative, fake news, sensationalism, a compilation coming from different sources that weren't even verified. And unfortunately, this often happens in the church, in these so-called Catholic outlets. There are oodles and oodles and oodles of studies that say watching and consuming too much negative media is bad for our mental health. This is from secular researchers. And I would say it's not bad, only bad for our mental health, but it's bad for our spiritual health. And there's a connection to our physical health too because it causes more stress. But let me close with a couple of quotes from a secular study and this came out during COVID because there was so much news on COVID, right? And people were just getting so overwhelmed and depressed. But if you take COVID out of the picture, it's still true because there's so much negativity out there because fear sells and fear-mongering sells and misery loves and needs company, as I said in a blog that I wrote last week about this very thing, about clinging to Christ and not bad news in the Easter season and beyond. Psychologists say even if it's just noise in the background, alarming news content can still have negative effects on your psyche. And it can be very, very damaging. We'll have more on that in the coming days when we speak with Father Charlie. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm inviting you to save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It is virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. More details to come as we approach the date. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. Are you looking for a tax preparer this year to help you with your personal or business tax filing or management? At Balance Book LLC, they can assist with business and personal tax returns, accounting services, sales tax, payroll, business formations, and more. They can be reached by calling 972-805-5095 
or you can visit them at 4425 West Airport Freeway, Suite 122, Irving, Texas 75062. Balance Book LLC, a new sponsor of the GRN and members of Holy Spirit Catholic Church in Duncanville. Print in our heart reminding us that we're made for eternal happiness. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. That's the great thing about the film, too. People leave the film so inspired and really also challenged to kind of figure out what their role is in the big picture of things and to make sure that they can do a little more and be a little bit better. But it does challenge everybody in that way, which, which I love. This was my love letter to the Lord and, uh, and a love letter to Stu. And, uh, you know, we were always hoping that this would inspire people to, the, to come to the faith or whatever, whatever their faith is. Also, people to the vocation of priesthood. I mean, it's a beautiful and inspiring story, and it's really touching people in a very personal way. It's actor Mark Wahlberg, who joined us on Catholic Connection a week ago, Monday, to talk about the opening of the film. It took him six years to, to get it out there. He put a lot of his own, not only blood, sweat, and tears, but finances into the film. Uh, the website is fatherstewmovie.com. I highly encourage you to go see it. I loved it. I found it extremely moving and powerful to see, especially during Holy Week. And why not go see it before Divine Mercy Sunday? Because we think about the mercy of God, which was so clear in this movie and the life of this amazing priest. On the phone with us is Father Bart Tolleson, and he was a personal friend of, of course, Father Stu, Father Stuart Long. Father, happy Easter and all happy Divine Mercy Sunday. And how providential that we're talking about such a redemptive story of your friend, Stuart Long, Father Stuart Long, as we go into Divine Mercy weekend. Good morning. Good morning, Teresa. It is a good time to be talking about Stu's story. So I know that you met him, um, you were ordained at the same time. Tell us your journey with him and how you first got to know him and become friends. Yeah, so I was a transfer seminarian from Texas into Montana. I had some family that had moved to Montana. And so I got to know Stu uh, when I transferred in as a, as a seminarian. The bishop left me to study uh, in Houston. And uh, so we got to know each other in the summer of 2006. I spent almost a week with him on the Indian Reservation and, and uh, Browning, and we kind of hit it off and became friends. It, the story is, is so incredible because you think about all the struggles that he had, which I'm sure you, you learned about getting to know him, one thing after another, and he was, he was in the ring. He was an amateur boxer, as, as we know from the story and, and from background information and from interviews that he's done, of course, that are still with us. And I love the interview that they, that they uh, closed with at the end of the film. But you talk about somebody who had all the reasons in the world, you would think, to be bitter and angry and continue in his, his lifestyle before he found God. Yes, yes. And there were times that he was probably a little bitter and angry. I know he even talked about how he felt when he lost his younger brother, and that really affected him for, for his entire life, just a sense of loss and sometimes wondering why God would allow this to happen. But Sue was also very determined, and so when literally uh, when he would get knocked down in the ring, he'd get back up. But spiritually and in his life, he was like an accident waiting to happen, but when he got knocked down, he would become more determined than ever to keep going. Now, in terms of, of the ordination, what was that like uh, to be there with him, uh, knowing the challenges that he had? Because he did even have some pushback uh, when he was in the seminary, correct? Because it, at first it wasn't, okay, you're going to go forward and get approval to become a priest. There was a delay, wasn't there? Yes, there was a delay of, of about six months. And I know, you know, uh, Stu had an ordination date scheduled, and, and it got delayed, and I was delayed too because of my transfer. And so... 
No, we really we weren't sure what the bishop was going to do. He had had the recommendation perhaps not to ordain Stu, but he really prayed about it and uh, decided that this was a tremendous testimony, and Stu was so determined that he said yes. And so it was a beautiful day when we found out we were going to be ordained together, and it was just so we had been praying for Stu to be able to be ordained. And it was kind of surreal on our ordination day. You know, Stu was on his crutches at that point, and, uh, you know, we still, in some ways, we had doubts, but we also had deep trust in the Lord, and, and Stu especially. And uh, I remember, you know, like at our actual ordination, he couldn't even lie prostrate because of his illness. Mm-hmm. So we, we knelt together, and, uh, you know, it was just a profound thing, to see, even then, to see Stu's body starting to become weak. And at the end of the ordination, uh, we both spoke, and Stu uh, spoke about his disease, and just said he was he was offering it to Christ, and he wanted... Christ to be radiated through his priestly ministry, and that uh, though it was a cross, it was a beautiful cross, and that he hoped others could be inspired in his priesthood. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the cathedral. It was just a profound testimony to the transformational power of Jesus Christ, even in our sufferings and our Mm -hmm. despair. Mm -hmm. He was so relatable and so real, and and I think that's why, to me, one of the most moving scenes in the film is toward the end when he's at the assisted living facility and and they pull out for that, you know, that big wide shot of all the people lining up for confession, waiting to see him. Yeah, yeah. Well, people would line up. I mean, and it was, by the way, there wasn't a sign-in sheet. It was like, you better go get in line. It was kind of a mad scramble every day to get in Sue's line the last few years of his life. And uh, people would not, just not for confession, but for counsel. There were people mm-hmm. who weren't even Christian, who, who struggled with faith, who would just wanted to come talk to him or meet him. He had people from uh, high school come to visit him, people from out of town come to visit him, because he just spoke the plain truth to people, and he spoke about the love of God, that he challenged you. He wasn't going to let you get away with an easy thing. It was like, you have to move forward, no matter what the cost is. And and people couldn't really argue with him, because he had given everything, including offering literally his disease to God. We're talking with Father Bart Tolleson, and he is a personal friend of Father Stuart Long, of course. So we're talking about the film that came out last week during Holy Week, FatherStuMovie.com, S-G-U, the word Father spelled out. So you both get ordained together, and and sometimes, and my husband's a deacon, so I kind of know how that works, you do keep in touch with those with whom you are ordained, but you get busy and, and time can, and your busyness at your parish and your assignments. How did you keep in touch? How did the friendship grow? Yeah, so, you know, we were in two different assignments, and, uh, you know, we just, we would, uh, he'd come into town, he was out of Helena, he'd come into town, I was, I stayed in Helena in my assignment, and we'd get together for a meal, uh, a couple times we went and saw a movie, you know, we'd text each other, uh, email each other, but when he moved to Big Sky, I was assigned in Helena, and he moved back to Helena to the, to the care uh, center. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that was a major transformational moment, because at that point, Stu had to be in a wheelchair full-time. That was kind of the big transformation, and he didn't really know what he was going to do. And uh, I remember that, you know, within the first week, I went and saw him, and he was like, I, I'm just here. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, you know what, why don't you come help me at, at my parish? And uh, he came over and started uh, celebrating Masses there from his wheelchair. It was just beautiful, and people really liked him. And then he started doing masses at care centers around the area. And pretty soon, word got out, there was a pretty cool guy, a priest in a wheelchair, who's a straight talker, and people would come up to see him. And by the end of his life, you know, it was just, there were those lines. But so even to keep up our friendship the last couple of years, I actually, Stu told me, you have to come see me early in the morning because 
there was a line. They didn't. They wouldn't even like, let uh, Priest butt in line. They were like, "Father, get them back on the line. We, we're in. We're in line ahead of you." So <laughs> you can't take you know, cuts, right? <laughs> no cuts. <laughs> no. And Sue got mad at me. He was like, "You didn't come see me," and I was like, "I couldn't get in the line. I didn't have. I didn't have an hour and a half to wait." And he was like, "Well, here's what you're going to do. Come up early." So the last year of his life, I kind of got into practice of every week or every other week, I'd get up really early before the line started and go over there and then wake him up. And that was at his insistence, and we have our morning chats and uh, sometimes hear each other's confessions. And he'd used to go back to sleep, and I'd get on with my day. Um, but uh, Stu, you know, he worked hard from morning till evening. So, um, And there were times together that he would just say, he would text me and say, you got to come over, i, I got to talk to you, or, or this or that. Or I'd text him and say, i got something going on, and i drop by, and he'd, he'd make the time. We'd work it out. So, Father, let me ask you, Father Bart, what impact, obviously you were close friends, but what impact did his courage in terms of all the things that he dealt with in his life, but also physically, uh, after he, uh, praise God, was ordained, what impact has it had as you went forward after he passed away, it was 2014, if my memory serves me correctly, how has it impacted your own priesthood and your own missionary work in preaching the gospel? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, at first, for me, it's a very personal thing, because I've lost a really good friend. Mm-hmm someone that really kind of knew my soul. We shared our priesthood together. I could always talk to him. And, you know, even I mean, a couple weeks after he passed, I drove over to Big Sky. I was in the parking lot getting out of the car, and it just dawned on me, <laughs> he's not here anymore. And so Aww. there's that grief in that morning. And even three or four years after that, I just really missed him because he, he was, it was played such an important, important part. But then after that, this idea comes in. Other people are giving me ideas. Hey, you know, Stu suffered a lot. And uh, why not ask for his intercession? And at first, for me, it didn't sit well with me. I was like, ask Stu for his intercession. <laughs> it was so strange to think about asking someone you knew so well to, like, intercede for you from, from the other side. And But I started doing it. I started encouraging other people to do it. And I really felt like you can see kind of Stu's work, the Lord's work, really, through Stu and Our Lady's work through Stu uh, and his intercession, the way he's He's uh, helped people in so many beautiful ways. It's, it's, it's a very beautiful thing. So it's kind of like he's still around, mm. uh, which is a beautiful grace that the Lord has given. And I also think, and this hit me, and the movie really impacted me, especially seeing it during Holy Week, and, and that's why I think it's so important even to see it this week, going into Divine Mercy Weekend, because of his background and what a redemptive story uh, he has. But I, I think, for me, it was also a pro-life message, because if you think, Father, about how many people with disabilities are pushed aside or looked down upon, and the fact that he, he was able to, thanks be to God, be ordained, and then to do whatever he could, uh, in, even in somewhat of a limited capacity, to still be able to say Mass and to um, and be able to, you know, have the sacraments there, baptism, confession, and just counsel people. So it's a beautiful pro-life story. It is. Stu was always, once he became Catholic, he got early, uh, early on, he was involved in pro-life work, and that was always near and dear to his heart. He would go to the clinic and in his wheelchair and, you know, pray vigils with people and things. So he was definitely a pro-life advocate, but really for those who are suffering, you know, even those that maybe had lost the ability to communicate, Stu would just love them and minister to them and just encourage them not to give up and encourage those around them. To, to, to see the beauty and grace, even in the suffering of God's love and presence. And Stu radiated that life as his body deteriorated all the way to the end. Mm. It was very profound that life is a precious gift from the, whole, from the moment we're conceived to the moment the Lord takes us. And we have to honor the Lord no matter what we're going through. 
And I want to close with just giving you the opportunity to respond to one last question. We have about three minutes left. I'm very, very frustrated at people concentrating on the language and not understanding this man's background and expecting someone that came from such a rough and tumble background uh, and basically was a whiskey drinking skirt chaser prior to finding, let's be honest, prior to, to, to finding God and just the roughness in his own life. To, to think that he wouldn't be using the language and having been around a lot of rough and tumble situations in my own life where I worked as a, a street reporter for many years and been around police stations and courthouses and some pretty rough areas um, and unfortunately in our world today a lot of people who don't have God use that kind of a language and not just in rough settings it's like just an everyday occurrence and so I think it would have been very unrealistic not to have uh, the appropriate language and okay yeah it's jarring at times but it's real your thoughts? Yes, you know, I think it's important. Just we warn people, you know, this might not right. be for you. If this upsets you, if it bothers you, don't go. That's why it's rated R. But uh, maybe you can look past that. I mean, you know, I live on a college campus, and let me tell you, I mean, there, on Friday nights, <laughs> there's nothing that, that, that I don't hear in real life as a priest walking around campus and, uh, that you don't hear in the movies sometimes. So, you know, it's a kind of a real-world scenario. Now, that doesn't mean we use child language. Stu was very dedicated to cleaning up his language and really challenged others to do so. Uh, but it's there and it's real. So, I mean, but it may not be for everybody. So we just warn people, and if, if they don't want to go or if they want to criticize that, you know, I understand that. But uh, I think the filmmakers wanted to get at something that was very authentic in terms of this conversion. I don't think they, they should criticize it if they're not looking at where he came from. And in real life, as you just said, if they're expecting something different, and the fact that he did, as you say, work very hard to clear up his language afterward. And I think coming from a media perspective, if we want to reach the world, we have to be real. Not that you have to be over the top and do something, as my producer said, it's not like you have to be like, you know, Joe Pesci and, and Goodfellows, God help us. But in, in the terms of the way he spoke and, and the condition that he was in, that was life. And that's why he was able to relate to people. And then why people listen to him about changing not only their language, but their life in terms of turning to God. He didn't, as you said, he worked on that language problem that he had after he, he became a Christian. Yeah, and he challenged others to work on their language, too. So he heard it even when he was counseling people, certainly. And didn't he have a jar, I think, in, in, his, in his room where he had people put money in if they said a swear word or something like that? Well, and he would get people to start their own cuss jars so, and, and give money to the poor, so... <laughs> Uh, Good you know, for him. Like, okay, get the cuss jar out. You need to. We need. You got to work on this. So. Well, Father Bart, thank you so much uh, for your witness and sharing your very, very close friendship with uh, a fellow amazing priest, Father Stuart Long. Uh, go see the movie. I highly recommend it, especially the redemptive value of this film that no one, no matter what their struggles or their background, is ever too far away from God. His mercy is new every morning. Jesus, we trust in you for the sake of your sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and the whole world. Something I know Father Stu is saying all the time in heaven. FatherStuMovie.com, S-G-U-Movie.com. We'll be right back. Thanks to Father Bart Tolleson, a personal friend of Father Stu Long. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. 
More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely ascends to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where you'll be empowered to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu. You wish you could have discussions about difficult topics with your adult children? If so, don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And our new book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Your Adult Sons and Daughters, can help you draw closer to your adult children and help guide them on the path to more faithful and meaningful lives. You can get our latest book and all of our other books on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. That's AveMariaRadio.net. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile. Everyday living. Effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. 55 minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Catholic Connection on a Friday morning. Do yourself a favor and go see the film, especially Divine Mercy Weekend. Father Stu, fatherstewmovie.com. Coming up on a Monday, speaking of other great media and using media wisely, taking a look at 75 years of a wonderful production company in the Catholic world. And Gail Buckley also on a Monday. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E. Faith, hope, charity. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Thank you for listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network and being part of the family. Families pray for each other. We would be honored if you would let us pray with you and for you. You don't even have to tell us your name. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, or call our prayer request line and leave us a message at 800-395-4008. That's 800-395-4008. We will be praying for you every day. St. Joseph is the patron saint of home and family. At My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine, we support the Guadalupe Radio Network's mission of honoring and supporting home and family as longtime sponsors of KATH 910 AM. We're Bob and Norma Duane, owners of My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine. We'd be honored to speak with you about all your mortgage needs. We can be reached at 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. We're an equal housing lender, NMLS 265303. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. 
Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic Radio for Your Soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.